please, let's both of us stop trying to justify this whole thing and admit you're in danger. Who are you talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Welcome to the West Coast Project Podcast for Better Call Saul. My name is Mike, and I'm here with Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. So that was the that was a little speech from Walt that we heard, we thought we were going to hear in the episode or two ago. Um, that's one of his classic lines. That's Heisenberg pure and all the way through, right? That is. You can see the shock on Skyler's face. Uh, all of a sudden, this you know very confident man comes out. Yeah, so we're in episode six of season four called Cornered. Um, do you have any fun facts that come right off the top for this one, Kelly, that you can think of? Well, this one was written by Jennifer Hutchinson, who uh, was an assistant of uh, Vince Gilligan on the X-Files. So uh, this is definitely a really good one. Yeah, so um, we're catching back up a little bit. We had our Christmas break, and we haven't spoken for a few days, so we're going to get kind of get back in the groove a little bit here so kelly when i when i checked these out to figure out which ones of saul i wanted to recap and i noticed he was in every single one of season four and almost every one from the rest of the series onward mm-hmm. i checked imdb and i got you know bob odenkirk's um record of what episodes he was in it's he says he's in this one but i couldn't f- see much saul in this one do you remember where he is in this one no, I don't think he is. I went through this one painstakingly, and I didn't see him, uh, and I don't recall him being mentioned. Yeah, okay. So it, it, when he's not in the two that he's not in in season five, they just say um, Bob Odenkirk credit only mm-hmm. um, for Ozymandias and Felina. But um, they say he's in this one, and apparently he's not, because I don't remember seeing him either. Mm-mm. This is a good episode anyway. We do meet a new guy, Gaff. We haven't met Gaff before, have we? He's the sniper guy from Gus's, or not Gus's, but the cartel crew. Uh, no, he's, he's new. He's the third guy now at the Pollo truck. The, the Pollo truck now has a couple guards. We've seen Mike in there before. But now there's a couple guards hired for each shipment, I guess, and... They get mono- carbon monoxide by these three cartel people, one of which is Gaff. Right. I think Vince Gilligan wanted to kind of open it up the same way as he opened the other one with Mike when he got his ear shot. Uh, but you can see that they've now learned that having a guy in there, just a lone guy, isn't going to do the trick. So now they've got people armed to the teeth. And we see a little bit more about Gus's system, too. They, uh, they hold their blue light or black light up, and they find the one pail of batter that has the meth inside it and it looked like there was only one right only one pail per truck exactly yep just one in each truck which is genius um but yeah that's just one yeah i thought that was pretty cool too that 
Gus is conservative even in his distribution. He doesn't load up a whole truckload. So I guess if he loses a little bit, if he loses any, he's just losing a little bit at a time. Exactly. And it's more manpower to go in there and try to painstakingly look through each one to find it. So... A little bit later on, we see Skyler replaying the message from Walt. It was reminiscent almost to me of Jesse and Jane, where he would listen to her message over and over. Yes, right. And, and you know, he's just um, tried to bait Hank a little bit with, you know, maybe somebody's still out there and all of this, and she can't figure out, well, what are you talking about? You know, so while he's passed out from being hung over, she's kind of listening to it, trying to kind of make sense of it. Yeah, you're right. It's less romantic for her than it is detective work. She's she's uncovering what this little mystery of of Walt being so bold with Hank at the dinner was. Mm-hmm. And he is really hungover. He looks like he's hurting. Uh, <laughs> I think he says good morning and she says good afternoon. Right, yeah. So he's really slept through the whole morning. Um, and she's tuned in to Gail Boddicker now. She's uh, curious about him. She asked if she if they worked together, and she asked who killed him. Yeah, true to Skylar's nature, she's she's the one that does all the research. She knows her stuff. Right, and she wonders, will the same people ever want to kill you? So she's also worried about the safety of the White family. Right. Uh, so I don't know where the I am the one who knocks comes in, but I think it's it's somewhere in this little dialogue between Skylar and Walt which is 10 or 10 minutes or so into the episode yeah and it's funny because he's hung over so she's asking him quite a bit of questions when he still hasn't even you know gotten out of his slumber yet so uh, I think he's maybe just a still a little hazy and hung over and just a little irritated with her because you can tell that he realizes like oh shit I kind of made a mistake when he takes a shower and he realizes what did I just say to Skylar yeah, he, he comes out of his hangover pretty st- strongly there with the I'm the one who knocks. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a separate person, like the Heisenberg just doesn't have the hangover. That's Walt with the hangover. And he's able to rise up and be so tough. But, yeah, then he does, he does dissolve back into Walt a little bit and feels regret for, for being so hard with Skylar. Yeah, because she's not giving him the credit that he feels he deserves. Like, oh, I'm worried about you. And he's like, look, I'm the one who knocks. I'm the one in power. Yep. Anna Gunn really plays this fear that she's supposed to be feeling as Skylar very well. She's really showing her her chops as a good actor with this fear that she portrays. Yeah, she's excellent. Um, And then we see one of those cool time lapse that whoever the director was in this episode is famous for. Do you remember who did that? Or do they share that? Was there one director that does the time lapse more than the others, or do they all do it? I think Michael Slovis uh, is, because he does the cinematography as well, but I'm not sure. So they do the time lapse into evening, and it's at the car wash, Walt and Bogdan. He's getting all the final stuff turned over to him and all the paperwork and everything. And Bogdan says, you're the boss now. Do you think you're ready for it? Being a boss is tough. Um, And a boss has to be tough. And can you be tough enough, Walter? Pretty interesting dialogue after we just have seen this Walter transform into Heisenberg back into Walter. Uh, Can you be tough enough? It's a really good question and a really interesting one between Bogdan and Walt, I think. Right. Bogdan doesn't think he's got the chops to 
to run this place. Um, but you know, we all know that Walter is a, oh, is, a, is capable of a lot of things. It almost made me wonder, like, what triggers the Heisenberg? Because if anything, that should have triggered the Heisenberg. But he doesn't care about Bogdan like he cares about Skylar. So maybe it has to be somebody, you know, more important to him for him to convert himself into Heisenberg. Well, he did keep the dollar. That was Heisenberg. Yeah, he takes the first dollar. That was pretty brutal. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember watching that the first time and just thinking, oh, no, man, just at least give him the dollar. Yeah, and then goes and buys a Coke with it from the vending machine. Right. Just <laughs> meaningless. It's nothing. Right. So important to Bognon. Um, so next we see Mike and Jesse at the diner. Mike's eating and Jesse's just sitting there with coffee and bad shakes. And he's just pretty severely into withdrawal, I guess, from his drugs. Yes. Yeah. Because they're, they're keeping him, you know, Jesse's thinking they're keeping him around to keep him from using. Although we all know there's a whole nother reason for it. But yeah, he's really, you don't really see him like having withdrawals a lot through the show. Yeah. I got out of this that Mike really seems to care about Jesse. He, he wants him to eat and even offers, gives him his, the plate of food that he's eating. He, you yeah, know, he cares yeah. about him. Yeah, I guess um, Aaron Paul, he's he's famous for not complaining. He he will do anything and not complain, but he politely asked if next time they didn't feed him meatloaf because it doesn't look very good what they give him. Yeah, I didn't notice too much what was on the plate. Just the, yeah. the emotion of Mike wanting to help him was pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And, and also when he left him behind, it made me realize that Jesse was not really in danger from Mike. I might have missed the cues earlier and when the in the first time I watched it when you know the fake car Jesse saving Mike with the car and stuff I missed all that I didn't really realize that was a fake out until later on Right I didn't either Yeah Uh so we then we see Walt and Walt Jr and um Walt admits to him it's about the choices he's made so it's kind of a it's kind of a first for him to own up to what he's really doing Right, exactly. And, you know, our, um, Walt Jr. is always trying to defend uh, his dad, like he, that Skyler's making him this evil person or something. But a teenager, you know, they're going to do that research and, and look at it the same as they would with a disease like alcoholism, like you mentioned. Yeah, so it's sweet. It's very sweet of Walt Jr. to try to help his dad. But it's also sweet of Walt to admit what's really, you know, it's really my choice and he admits he's not moving back in, so he's honest with him about that. Uh, but then he buys him off with a car. <laughs> uh, so right. much for the $300 bottle of champagne being too much ostentatiousness. He buys the car, and uh, Skylar, they get home, and Skylar <laughs> hears about it. And um, she pretty much kicks his butt about getting Junior this car. Right. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is when you see uh, Walt and Walt Jr. in and he gets out of the car in that bright, shiny red Dodge Challenger, the very next scene, you've got um, Jesse sitting outside of his crappy red car. Uh, So you've kind of got the one son and the other son, per se. Uh, That's a good catch. I didn't notice that contrast. Yeah, Yeah. because that is a crap ass car that Jesse has. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We get a little bit more from Skylar about how she's putting her foot down. It's going back. I'm protecting this family because I'm protecting the story, which is very, very intelligent of Skylar to do, that their story has to hold up. 
and she's the one on the ball with that. Nobody else is. She's the one, you know, guarding that for them. Right. And then he says, well, now you're just, you know, now he's going to blame you. And she's like, yeah, once again, I'm the bitch mom and you're the awesome dad. So uh, in that sense, he's he's come out on top with his son. Yeah, but I mean, she's the one who knocks. She's the tough one. <laughs> that was that was cool. I, I like Skylar for standing up like that. Absolutely. Yeah. No one seems to be protecting the story, like you said, except for her. So now we're going to see Jesse and Walt at the laundry, and this is the first time they're together for a while where Walt wants an update on everything. And Jesse kind of says, I was his backup in the pickup, the money pickup route that he has. Um, Walt's trying to figure this out, though, right? He doesn't really believe that. So Walt's a little bit smarter than Jesse at this point about what Mike was up to. Well, yeah, because Jesse's still riding on this high that he's like the big hero and um i like the line where walt says well did you have to have your hands registered as, as lethal weapons why you why not many of the many other thugs that, that mike or gus has um you know so they're starting to figure out that this is just a bunch of bs or at least he thinks it is and then he says well it's all about me which is you know the narcissistic heisenberg yeah, and for Jesse, it's all about him. So it's it's what these people need that rules the day. Jesse needs to think that he's really needed and he's really a good bodyguard for Mike, and that's the story he believes. And the same for Walt. He believes, like, well, Heisenberg, you know, I'm the Heisenberg, and that's the way it's going to have to be. Right. Um, so Jesse's called away again, and Walt hires these poor ladies <laughs> to clean the laundry, or laundry ladies to clean the lab, he doesn't want to do it by himself anymore, and he uses them really badly for $50 each, or he might have given them another 50 at the end. So for $100, he gets them into a lot of trouble. Right. And two women who uh, actually work at the laundromat, two of those women. Oh, in real life? Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. Did you notice while they were working, Walt was kicking back drinking Gail's coffee? Uh, yeah, yeah, and then I like the way he has his feet up and he gives kind of a cheers to the camera because he knows that Gus is watching him. Yeah, kind of an F you, Gus. He toasts the mm-hmm. camera with the coffee. Yeah. Uh, but then Tyrus catches them, and they get sent out of the country back to, I guess, their home country of Honduras. Yes. So not a very, not a very good thing there for Walt to do. Right. Um, and then we see Skylar. I always thought this was a very cool scene. Skylar at the Four Corners. Um, and, of course, the name game, Cornered, is part of this. Um, and it's the Four Corners of Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. Have you, did you go there when you were on your trip, Kelly? No, I didn't. Uh-uh. But it's interesting, really quick, that Anna Gunn actually didn't go there. They had a body double, and they, they took the car. And that car is old, her Jeep. They put it on a, on a truck and put it out there and, and did a body double. And she did the coin flip, like, right in the studio parking lot because they can't afford to, to have her go all the way out there. Yeah, it's probably pretty far away, huh? Because it's, it's on the border, obviously. Yeah, the baby was fake. They just used a fake baby for, you know, the car shots. Okay. So. Well, she flips the coin twice, and it lands on Colorado both times, so maybe she should have moved her ass to Colorado. <laughs> I know, she puts her foot and pushes it back over like she's not letting fate decide. It's really cool how they they make it, they show how she wants to stay in New Mexico. 
Exactly. Uh, she didn't move it to Utah. She didn't move it to, to uh, Arizona. She kept it in New Mexico. Yeah. Um, so now we see Tucker's hole. We talked about this before, too. Jesse and Mike are on another run. Uh, and, well, not another run, but they're checking out the blue meth that uh, I guess was in the bucket that Gaff took, right? Exactly. He just gave it away to some tweakers just to stir up the pot a little bit. And uh, it's a Tucker's hole. This house, uh, Tucker, and I'm, who's the other guy? I don't, I don't even know if I wrote his name down. Scary skill. Okay. But there was a guy who made a website called Tucker's Hole, and it was a very, very good uh, documentary and commentary website for the show. Yeah. It's funny because that guy, Tucker, is actually from Australia. He's got an accent. The, the dirty teeth one. And, and if you, you know, when you've got Jesse and, and, um, Jesse and Mike sitting in the car and he what's he offer him a pimento sandwich and you know Jesse goes and gets that shovel the last time you see that shovel was uh when we thought that Jesse was going to meet his end out in the middle of the desert with Mike so I think Jesse calls himself diesel in <laughs> yeah. this episode and he tries to buy from Tucker to get into the house to figure out what's going on with the blue meth he doesn't want to wait he doesn't have Mike's patience no uh so he gets Tucker outside to dig um, and I guess that's a that's a characteristic of a meth addict is you want you're curious about things. Yeah, they tweak, so they start obsessing, like picking scabs or digging holes or taking away vacuum cleaners. Okay, yeah, it's like some of the stuff we've seen. So mm-hmm. Jesse starts digging like a madman, and then Tucker's fascinated by it, so he lets Tucker dig a little bit. Um, it reminded me of Jim in The Walking Dead when he was digging those graves for no reason in the first season of The Walking Dead. That's right, yeah. And you know that he's going to uh, distract him. So Tucker's with his hole, and he gets to go in and talk to that other guy and, and at least get him, oh, i got to use your bathroom so he can get in the house. Yeah, pretty smart. Pretty smart, Jesse. <laughs> uh, pretty dangerous, but pretty smart. So they have the batter drum that this guy Gaff took from the truck, um, and they they, they figure it out. There's something written on the lid that says, do you want to talk now or ready to talk or something like that. And uh, Mike wants to just hit them, and Gus says, no, we're going to set up a meeting. And that's how this episode ends with us wondering, I guess, what this meeting is going to be. Right. Um, yeah, so this was a good episode. I remember liking it. I really like the corner, the four corners. Were there any other names related to cornered that you can think of, Kelly? No, that was uh, that was it. Just the corners, and then I don't. Who else was cornered in the episode? I don't know. They usually have more than one meaning, but that was the one I caught. I didn't really notice anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was it. Episode six of season four, cornered. Our next episode is. Seven problem dog. Uh, I think we do see Saul in that one, so we'll have a little bit more to talk about with Saul. But that's it for season for episode six of season four. This is the West Coast Project podcast for Better Call Saul. And if you want to tweet, you can tweet me at scathing tweets. And Kelly, what's your Twitter? It's brba underscore fun facts. And you have a couple websites with fun facts for Breaking Bad and. You're starting to pile them up for Better Call Saul already. What are those? Uh, Breaking Bad Fun Facts on Instagram and Better Call Saul uh, Fun Facts on Instagram as well. All right, cool. So until episode seven, I'll talk to you later, Kelly. All right, sounds good. Okay, thanks. Bye.